0: You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Oh, if you believe that God is great and greatly to be praised, can you stand to your feet? Let's all give the Lord a standing ovation here this morning. Come on, can you clap your hands and lift up your voice with that hand clap? Come on, somebody, let the Lord know that he is great. Come on, lift up your voice this morning and tell him you are great. You are great, Lord. We remember all the great things that you have done. We believe that greater things are still to come. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, praise God. If you're thankful for what you feel, can you shout? Thank you, Jesus. It feels so good to be in the house of the Lord here this morning. Thank God for an extra hour of sleep. How I many of you are thankful for that extra hour today? Praise God. I lean on to Brother Sullivan. I said that studies have found out that even though in the fall we gain our, an extra hour, our bodies are operating at a later hour. And so even though we've gained extra sleep, we feel like we haven't had any sleep. And so if that's the case here today, you are normal. Everything is Okay. But thank God for his presence that is here at CTK. The presence of the Lord is what makes the difference. I said the presence of the Lord is what makes the difference. The Bible says in his presence there is fullness of joy. Does anybody feel joy in the house of the Lord here today? Can you clap your hands once again and can you give God praise? If you have your Bibles, I'd like to direct your attention to 1 Kings chapter 17. And while you're locating that, whether in printed form or electronic form want to say how much we love and appreciate this wonderful church as brother sullivan mentioned since 2002 we've had the opportunity to minister here off and on and it has just been such a delight to be connected to this wonderful church you all are truly a special people and we thank god for each of you we also thank god for the wonderful leadership of this church And Pastor and Sister Romine, amen, in their absence, I want to give them honor, even in their absence, they were here Wednesday, but I just want to say how much I love and appreciate the vision of Pastor and Sister Romine, their passion for the work of God, and their friendship. And this church is truly blessed, I believe that O'Fallon, this great St. Louis metro East is blessed with the leadership of Pastor and Sister Romine. And Luca, how many of you love your pastor and his wife and son? Can you clap your hands and can you thank the Lord for the Romines? (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I give honor to their predecessors, Brother and Sister Blake. So good to see them here today. Sister Camille, we love them so very much. Can we give them honor here today? Thank the Lord for them. As Pastor and Sister Romine said to us on Wednesday night, we stand on the shoulders of a great foundation, a great couple, and we thank God for Brother and Sister Blake. Amen. To all of our guests that are here today, thank you for being here. James, thank you for being here. All of our guests, can we give them a wonderful hand clap? Now, I, I, I know that we have the extra hour, but the extra hour is telling somebody's stomach it's time for lunch. And so I'm not going to take much time, going to get out of the way and allow God to have his way, but I do believe. The Lord has given me a word this morning, and it was confirmed last night. Thank God for Sister Natasha. Her sister made some cupcakes and brought those to prayer meeting last night. Seven cupcakes. And I said, that's the will of God right there. (laughs) If I ever need a confirmation for a message, I got it. And I enjoyed it, too. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Sister Natasha, for bringing those cupcakes. With that being said... 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 14 is what I want to read from here this morning. I'm reading for the New King James Version just to start off. But the Bible says, that The word of the Lord came to Elijah, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you, to sustain you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, Indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said to him, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. I do not have a cake, only a handful of flour in a bin. I just got a little flour meal." And a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake first. Make me a little cake first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. The prophet said that the barrel mill shall not waste. It's not going to be used up. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail. It's not going to run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. She thought her and her son were about to have their last meal. But the prophet said, make me a small cake first. Make me a little cake first. Just for a few moments here this morning, I want to preach to you on this subject. A small cake is all it takes. A small cake is all it it takes. If you're going to help me preach by saying amen one time, shout amen and you may be seated. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Does anybody believe here today that we serve a good God? Does anybody believe here today that we serve a merciful God? Has anybody ever tried him and found out that he is faithful, that he is a healer, that he is a provider? Does anybody know here today that the word of God is true? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Can somebody clap their hands and can you shout amen? You've probably heard the idiom. The phrase, the expression, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Has anybody ever heard that phrase before? Which, if you've heard that, it doesn't make quite sense when you think about it. What do you mean, I can't have my cake and eat it too? Whenever Sister Natasha brought those cupcakes, I told my wife she gave them to me. (laughs) And I know I only had about 20 desserts since I've been here. But I'm going to have this small cupcake and eat it too. But it really doesn't make sense when you hear that that expression, you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's better understood that you cannot have both your, your cake, you cannot eat your cake and have it or possess it at the same time. It's better understood that way that once you eat it, it's gone. In other words, the proverb is saying that you can't have the best of both worlds. You can't always get what you want. you got to make a choice of which one you want. This phrase speaks to the impossibility of having something both ways. You can't have it both ways if those two ways conflict. It speaks towards the impossibility of having both ways if those two ways conflict. In a sense, this is true. You can't have your cake and eat it too. In many instances, this is true. When it comes down to some hard choices in life, most times you've got to make a choice of either or. You've got to make a choice of one over the other. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Ladies and gentlemen, this is especially true when it comes to serving God and eternal life. Jesus taught that no one can serve Two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to the one and despise the other. Jesus said, You cannot serve God and money. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You've got to make up in your mind which one you are going to serve. So many times, uh, people have come to serve God only for a little while till. The, 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 their funds begin to run low until the bank account begin to run dry. And they begin to seek after the almighty dollar. I come to tell somebody here today, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. Uh, you've got to either choose God or the career. You've got to either choose God or that illicit relationship. Uh, you've got to either choose God or you got to choose this world. You can't have your cake and eat it too. No one uh, can serve two masters. God said you cannot serve him. Amen. And serve uh, money at the same time but ladies and gentlemen the flip side of that coin is true also if you will prioritize if you will amen put God first if you will live for him if you would serve him wholeheartedly amen you will be blessed financially Does anybody know that to be true? That if you will serve God, if you will live for him, he has a way of providing for you. He has a way of taking care of you. He has a way of providing you money when you don't have any. Does anybody have? I need some real people here this morning. That would be a testimony to somebody else uh, that there were times I didn't have a dime. And I thought I was out of my mind living for God. But the word of God says if you will serve the Lord, if you will be faithful, he will bless you. Do I have anybody in this place that would say I gave to the Lord? I did what was faithfully Amen called of me to do, uh, and the Lord came through for me. Does anybody have a testimony? Can you stand to your feet uh, to show somebody else uh, that if you will serve God, he will bless you financially? Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise here today. Amen. The choice is yours. You may be seated. You can either serve God and follow what he commands or not. The choice is Yours. Turn somebody to tell them the choice is yours. In one sense, you can't have your cake and eat it too. But on the other hand, you can have your cake and eat it too when you obey what God instructs you to do. Let me say it again. In one sense, it is true that you can't have your cake and eat it too. But Brother Bollinger, on the other hand, it is true that you can have your cake and eat it too when you obey what God instructs you to do nuts, somebody beside you and tell them just obey the Lord. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, here in this particular passage of scripture that we read, the Bible tells us in the context that there was a drought in Israel, water supply and food was scarce in the land. It was all a part of God's plan to turn his people back to him. Elijah the prophet had proclaimed God's word to the king that it would not reign for three years. Then he was divinely directed to go live by a brook east of the Jordan River. The only problem was that it was a harsh area to live where there was no natural food supply. But the Lord had assured the prophet that he would take care of him supernaturally, and he did. However, because there was no rain, the brook eventually dried up. And here in this passage of scripture that we read, the Lord instructs Elijah to make the trek north to Sidon, which is in the modern day, country of Lebanon. The reason why the Lord sent the prophet to go there is because he had already prearranged a widow woman there to sustain him. He already put in that widow's heart. God had already directed her to take care of the man of God. All he had to do was to go and he did. Now what the widow didn't realize was that God was going to work a miracle on her behalf. The drought in Israel had also brought famine to her homeland. And while Elijah was approaching the gate of the city, the Bible says that she was gathering enough wood to prepare a meal, one last meal for her and her son. But God had already been dealing with her. If he told the man of God to make his way to Sidon, that he was going to provide for him there through her, that meant that he was going to provide for her too. She just had to put her trust in God. The Lord, when Elijah had asked for a cup of water, she was willing to give him a drink. That was simple enough. Drink of water? Sure enough, preacher, I'll bring you a drink of water. But when he became a little demanding, she thought it was just a little bit too much for him to ask. He said, can you bring me a little cake also? Can you just bring me a piece of bread? And she was like, look here, preacher. God knows I don't have any bread. I don't have any cake. I don't have anything to feed you. I'm about to make one last meal for my son and I before we die. But the prophet came with the word from the Lord. If you will trust God, and obey him. Everything is going to be okay. Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake first, and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Amen. The bin of flowers shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil dry out until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. I come to tell somebody here this morning that sometimes your miracle does not come until you obey what God has said I said sometimes that miracle does not happen until you take the first step in obedience to God and when you take that first step then the miracle begins to be set in motion amen I come to tell somebody that when you do what God instructs you to do he will work a miracle for you does anybody believe that here today can I get some people who have faith in this place to clap your hands and shout amen amen I come to remind somebody here this morning that miracles can happen when you obey. If you are a guest here today, I come to let you know that miracles can happen when you obey. Praise God. Amen. The Bible tells us, it goes on to tell us in the next few verses uh, that she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel meal Wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Because she obeyed God, worked a miracle for her and her boy, and for the man of God. She was able to have her cake and eat it too. She got the best of both worlds. They were able to live off the little because God miraculously multiplied. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard the cliché. Especially the young people have heard the cliche, it takes skills to make meals. Well, I would submit to you that it wasn't her skills that made these meals, but her obedience to God. Because God provided when she obeyed. When she was able to taste of his goodness. Because she trusted in the Lord. Can I tell somebody this morning that the Lord will bless you? He will provide for you if you will trust and obey him. He can give you a miracle today if you will trust him and obey. And how many you know that the greatest miracle is the miracle of salvation? Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. I'm not a prophet, neither son of a prophet. But i never forget, I was preaching somewhere here in the Metro East. And in that revival at the Sunday morning service, and, that, and, and please, um, somebody already received their blessing, so that blessing is already gone. The Bible says, give the preacher a drink of water, receive a preacher's reward. So that, that reward is already gone to Sister Natasha and her sister Nikki, praise God. So please, nobody do this. But I was preaching a revival here in this area years ago, amen, and I, I was greeting people after service, and we, my wife and I and our kids, we were making our way out, and I, I shook a precious sister's hand Way back, and I looked at her I said, You look like you know how to bake. You just look like a great cook. I said, I, I guarantee you know how to make German chocolate cake. She said, I sure do, preacher. I sure do. I didn't ask her to make me a cake. I didn't say anything. Well, when she went home, she felt the Lord speak to her to make me a German chocolate cake. That's my favorite cake. I love German chocolate cake. I hate coconuts, but when it's on, a, on the cake, when you have that, I just love it. It's my favorite. And uh, I, I got a witness back there. Praise God. Amen. And so she went home that afternoon, and in between services, she made me a German chocolate cake. Amen. And when we got to service that night for prayer, and she said, "Brother Hagen, I got something for you." I said, what, "What do you have?" She said, "A German chocolate cake." I said, "Oh, hallelujah! I'm going to preach the best I ever preached tonight, and I'm going to have my cake and eat it too, Sister Hagen." And she said, "You know, Brother Hagen, my husband died this year." And I've been grieving his loss. His favorite cake was German chocolate cake. And I had not made a cake of any kind for months, just grieving over my husband. But that was the Lord that had you to mention German chocolate cake because you didn't know it. Amen. Praise God. And I said, I remind her, I'm not a prophet, neither the son of a prophet. Woo. But I feel the prophetic here today. I come to tell somebody in this house That God has a blessing for somebody in this place. Because you want it. God says, I'm going to give it to you. Amen. You don't have to have it all together. This woman was not Jewish. She was a widow woman living, amen, in another country. But God says, just because you are a foreigner to the promises of God does not mean that you can't receive the promise. Because you're willing to step out, your healing has already come to you. Amen. I come to tell somebody in this house that God is about to provide for you. My God is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. He is a promise keeper. And your miracle is on the way. I come to let somebody in this house know that our God is able to do the impossible. What you consider impossible, God is able to work a miracle for you. Somebody, you think you're about to end. You think it's all over for you. You think that you're just trying to hang on and survive. But my God is saying to you here today, I'm about to make a way for you. I'm about to provide for you. You're not going down. You're going up. You're not going under. You're going over. Amen. I'm going to take care of you. The meal is not going to waste and the oil is not going to fail until things begin to change. Does anybody believe that in this place? Can somebody stand to your feet? Can somebody put your hand together come on God's about to bless some couple in this place Uh, amen 2019 uh, has been a difficult year for you uh, but the Lord's about to turn things around come on uh, does anybody believe that in this house can you put somebody lift up your voice uh, and just begin to magnify the Lord right now come on somebody clap your hands once again into the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Turn somebody and tell them it's lunchtime. I know it's 11 o'clock, but your body is telling you that it's noon. You may be seated. I'm coming to a quick end. Sometimes a miracle doesn't come until you obey what God instructs you to do. Go ahead and praise the Lord. Because that word was directly for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, yes. Go ahead and do what the Lord is telling you. Go ahead and obey the Lord. Oh, she ain't out of order. She's in order. Praise God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, yes, oh, yes. That's just lately. God is going to provide. He's provided. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you knew God's going to provide for you, you would praise God, too. If you knew he was about to heal you, you would praise God, too. If you knew you were about to get your miracle, you would praise God just like that. Somebody would lift up your voice and begin to magnify the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. (laughs) Can somebody shout glory? Glory. Turn somebody and tell them God is about to bless you. Oh, I'm not saying that casually. I'm telling somebody in this place that God is about to bless you. I was preaching in this area a couple years ago, and I've said it before, the best stories you cannot tell, but let me just make it, make it plain. There's the word of the Lord that came forth that something was going to happen in two days, two weeks, two months, and sure enough, two days later, somebody found out that they were going to receive an inheritance of two million dollars right here in this area. Ladies and gentlemen, I come to tell somebody. Now, somebody said, prophesy that over, there, over me, Brother Hagin. Praise God. I'm not saying anybody's about to be a millionaire, but I have seen it happen before. Amen. The pastor called me two weeks later and said, Brother Hagin, next time you come, we're going to pay attention. <laughs> two months later, that guy received his $2 million. Now, the state of Illinois took a chunk of that from taxes, but he became a millionaire overnight. Praise God. Amen. But God's got something greater than money. I say, God's got something greater than money in this place. Amen. There's somebody in this house. The enemy's been telling you that you can't make it. The enemy's been making you feel condemned. The enemy's been bringing up your past and telling you that you are a loser, but the devil is a liar. Amen. God can forgive you of any mistake that you've ever made. Uh, God can power you with his spirit. Uh, Amen. You can receive the spirit of God today. The greatest miracle is the miracle of salvation. The Lord desires to do that in somebody's life. If you believe that, can you shout hallelujah? Sometimes uh, the miracle does not happen until you obey what God instructs you to do, but when you obey, amen, the Lord will work a miracle for you. We see that all throughout the word of God. The Bible tells us about Naaman, who is a leper, amen. He went to go see the prophet to cure his skin disease. The prophet told him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh shall be restored and will be cleansed. But the- That wasn't what he wanted to hear. He was furiously upset until somebody talked sense into him. When he finally obeyed and went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, the Bible says that his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a newborn child. The scriptures tell us about the prophet Ezekiel, who in a vision found himself in an impossible situation. He was placed in the valley of dry bones, and the Bible says they were very dry. But he was told to prophesy life unto them. It might have seemed absurd, but the Bible tells us Ezekiel said himself, I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, His skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So the Lord said, prophesy again. And so Ezekiel said, I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered into them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast and mighty army. Ladies and gentlemen, when he simply obeyed what God instructed him to do, a miracle happened, and today... After all of those years, Israel is a nation again. It has one of the greatest air forces in the world. Why? Because a prophet received a word from God and just simply obeyed what God told him to do. The Bible tells us about the historian Luke. He records in his gospel. The physician Luke records in his gospel account when Jesus first met Peter and Andrew, James and John. He used Peter's fishing boat to speak to the people. After sharing the good news with them, he instructed Peter to lunch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have taught all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter could have copped an attitude. He could have said, look, we're the fishermen. You're the preacher. Lead the fishing to us and we'll leave the preaching and teaching to you. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter was a rough guy. He was a rough dude. He was a living right. But instead of writing off Christ, he was respectful enough to say, Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And because he did, the Bible tells us they caught such a great number of fish. Their nets began to break. He signaled to James and John. Amen. They came to help him, and they filled up both boats, and they began to sink. And when Peter saw it, he fell down at the feet of Jesus, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, ladies and gentlemen, because Peter said, Nevertheless, uh, at your word, because he obeyed, a miracle happened for him and for his fishing partners. The Bible said they were so amazed that Peter, amen, fell to repentance. He felt unworthy of such goodness. But the good news is Jesus said to him, do not fear. From now on, you will catch people. I come to tell somebody that when you obey what God instructs you to do, I guess you can have your fish and eat them too. Obedience is an outgrowth of faith musicians if you can come right now. Obedience is a key ingredient of faith. For the Bible tells us that without faith it's impossible to please God. And you truly cannot believe in God and not obey Him. I said you simply cannot believe God and not obey Him. Abraham is a prime example of someone who pleased God through obedient faith. Can somebody say obedient faith? The apostle James wrote, show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Why did he say that? Because obedience is a part of saving faith. When Jesus came proclaiming the good news, he said the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. That word believe isn't just cognitive. It's not just something mental, but it includes obedience. It's an action word that goes beyond mental acceptance and involves obedience. Jesus was saying turn to God and obey the gospel. Because obedience is a part of believing. I come to tell somebody here this morning, if you want to be saved and live eternally, you must place your faith in Jesus Christ. You must believe in who he is and what he did for you. And you must obey the gospel. It's not enough to verbally confess that you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. It's not enough to accept mentally and emotionally that he died for your sins on the cross and that he came alive again. It's not enough, but you've got to apply the gospel to your life. How do you do that? How do you apply the gospel? How do you obey the gospel and apply it to your life? Turn to somebody and tell them that's a good question. Just as Jesus died on the cross, you must die to your sins through repentance. Just like Jesus was buried, You must be buried in baptism. Just like Jesus came alive again, when you receive the precious gift of the Holy Spirit, you receive a resurrection power. That's how you obey the gospel. That's how you apply the gospel to your life. It's called the plan of salvation. After Peter preached the first message of the early church, the gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he was asked the question, what Shall we do the Bible says in Acts 2 38 then Peter said unto them repent That means turn to God turn from your lifestyle. Amen and turn to God repent and be baptized Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost That's the plan of salvation That's how you obey the gospel. That's how you apply it to your life. Amen. The promise is unto you, the Bible says, to your children and to everyone who believes and obey the gospel. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Acts chapter 5 verse 32 that the gift of the Holy Spirit is given to those who obey him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not. Neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. And then Jesus, uh, to make everything clear, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I come to tell somebody here this morning that you can receive the greatest gift, the gift of salvation, if you will believe and obey. You can apply the gospel to your life. You can obey the gospel. Don't let, amen, religion talk you out of it. Don't let somebody talk you out of it. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Amen. You can experience what God has for you. It's just a small piece. It's just a small cake. It's not a whole lot. All you have to do is believe and obey the gospel. If you would just turn to him. Ladies and gentlemen, taking a few steps down to the front. It's a small task in light of eternity. It's just a small cake. It's not hard. It's not difficult. Amen. somebody to come and ask God for forgiveness, the Bible tells us uh, that if you will confess your sins, he is faithful and just uh, to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Our God is a merciful God. Amen. Being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ is more than just getting wet. It's just a small cake. It's just a small piece. uh, It's just a small part of the plan of salvation, but it is a part of the plan of salvation. I said, being baptized in Jesus' name is a part of the plan of salvation because that's how, how you identify with this burial. But the Bible says that when you are buried with Christ, you come out of that water to live a new life in Jesus Christ. Has anybody been baptized in Jesus' name? Can somebody clap your hands and can you shout hallelujah? Praise singers, can you come and bring hope? Come on, praise singers, why don't you come and help me right now? Everybody, can you stand all over this house? But it doesn't just stop at repentance. It doesn't just stop, amen, in the waters of baptism. But I come to tell somebody today that you can receive the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. That's evidenced by speaking another language as you never learned before. As God gives you the ability to do so. Praise singers, come, please help me. Come on, a line on up. Give everybody hope. Praise God. If you didn't get that extra hour of sleep, we're going to let you get a nap today. Praise God. And we're going to have a good time here tonight. Can somebody shout amen? But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everybody who will believe. It doesn't matter who you are. Matter of fact, you can receive the Holy Spirit before you are baptized. You don't have to wait to get baptized first. The Bible tells that while Peter was preaching to a group of non-Jewish people, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit fell upon them because they believed. Amen. They were obedient. They had already turned their hearts towards God. They believed that he died and came alive again for them. And while Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And the Bible says that the reason why they knew that they had received the Holy Spirit is because they heard them speaking in another language that they had never learned before. They heard them speaking in tongues. But just because they received the Holy Spirit before they were baptized does not mean that they could neglect it. It does not mean that, they, that it was not important because the Bible says that Peter commanded them. The Bible says that he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because baptism is a part of the plan of salvation. You can receive the Holy Spirit before you're baptized. Uh, But I'm coming to tell somebody here today that the Lord still wants you to be baptized in his name. It's more than just getting wet. It's more than just joining CTK. But what it's all about is about being obedient to the Lord. It's what he instructs you to do. And when you are baptized, your sins will be washed away. Is there anybody that believes that? Is there anybody that's excited about that? Is there anybody spiritually awake this morning, amen, that will make a declaration that when you are baptized in that name, that when you receive the Holy Ghost, amen, speaking in tongues, that there is nothing else in the world like it? Come on, can somebody clap your hands uproariously? Can somebody lift up your voice? And can somebody magnify the name of Jesus? Here this morning, I believe that the Lord wants us to know that we can have the best of both worlds. You can have your cake and eat it too. Jesus said it's hard for those who love their riches to enter the kingdom of God. Peter, like us, questioned and said, who then can be saved? Because everybody likes a little bit more money. But Jesus replied and said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And Peter said, we have left all and followed you. But Jesus said to him, verily I say unto you, there is no one that has left house or parents or siblings or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting. I kind of remind everybody this morning that if you will believe and obey, you can taste of the heavenly gift and be made partakers of the Holy Ghost and taste of the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. You can enjoy the best of both worlds. You can have your cake and eat it too. You just got to trust what the Lord wants you to do. It takes a small part on your behalf, but when you do your part, he will do what only he can do. He will do his part. I don't know who it is today that needs a healing in your body, And you didn't come up to the front a while ago. Thank you, our dear precious sister that came up to the front and healing is happening in your body. God is working in your situation right now. But I don't know who it was here today that you did not come forward. But if you would come forward in just a moment, God will touch you in your body because I'm not the faith healer. I'm not the one who does the healing, but I know the one who will. I come to tell somebody in this place that you might be faced with an impossible situation. But if you would just obey what God commands you to do, it's just a small part, just a small cake. But if you would just make your way to this front in just a moment, God would begin to work in your impossible situation. Because it's not impossible to God. If you need the Lord to provide for you, He is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. He is a promise keeper. And if God said, I'm going to do it for you, it's going to happen amen if you are here this morning and you need to receive the precious gift of the holy spirit I'm going to ask you, whatever you need, I want to ask you to come right now. That's it. Come as close as you can. That's it. Step out of where you are. I'm not a prophet, but I am a man of God. And I'm telling somebody today in the fear of God, if you would just step out of where you are, the Lord will meet you here. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. Come on, whatever you need. Maybe you need the Lord to forgive you. Maybe you need the Lord to take care of some things from your past. Come on, maybe you've been feeling guilt and condemnation, but our God, amen, is not here to condemn you, but he's here to forgive you. Whatever you need this morning, that's it. Come on, baby.